And then the next page, this next issue, if they open up to a flashback or five minutes ago or whatever, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm yeah. not reading this series. <laughs> we all know that's not true, but I mean, I'm done. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Jock. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, and join with me is my main man, my partner in Ninja Turtle crime, Josh O'Rourke. Hey everyone, Uncle Josh here. Yeah, just <laughs> Uncle drop Josh some is knowledge here. on everyone. Here we go. <laughs> uh, how have you been, buddy? Not too bad. Just uh, had a really good weekend. You know, um, had some family over. Got to see my parents. They came up from Indiana this weekend. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun seeing them. They were here the whole weekend, and it's really sad seeing them go. So now, how far of a drive is that for them from uh, Indiana to Minnesota? Well, they flew here, so. Uh, oh. They flew from, they drove to Chicago, which was an hour, and um, it's probably an hour and a half flight to Chicago to Minneapolis, and then another hour and a half from Minneapolis to, they flew in the Grand Forks, which is in North Dakota, so, and that's about an hour and 10 minutes away from where I live, Yeah, yeah. Just flying to a certain place and having to drive even more, I mean, you're still exhausted. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just something about... You feel like that's like the closest we can ever go to like time travel. I know that's right. weird. Like you're all of a sudden you're an hour and a half, you're an hour ahead or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when uh, we flew from uh, Robinsville, North Carolina to uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and just just going back in time like that. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it messed with me. That was the first time I really did that. So. Yeah. So, did you get any uh, turtle pickups over the past? I guess we talked what about a week ago. Yeah. Man, you know, every week I talk on this show about how I'm going to, like, calm down on the turtle stuff. And there's just, I saw this other thing, and I was like, that's not that expensive. I can get that. It's just like, see, it's not the expensive stuff that I get. It's all the little things that don't you don't think cost a lot. But then it's like all of a sudden I'm eating cat food and crackers for a week. As Bush so aptly put it in the 90s, it's the little things that kill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, no, I've got a... I should have brought it in here with me, you know, because you'd be able to see listeners. Um, (laughs) I got a reprint of the first issue of the Ninja Turtles comic. It's uh, a fourth reprint issue in 1985. Really, really like it. I read it just before we started uh, recording because, you know, I need to read that again. Uh, (laughs) I've read it so many times, but now I have an actual comic of the... uh, uh, the first issue. I have an actual first issue of the Ninja Turtles comic. Yeah, it's a fourth reprint. I don't really care. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't because like I was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to save up for like an original Turtles number one, 1984, and it was like, oh, that's four grand. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so it's okay. I like the Turtles, but nah, <laughs> I'm good. 
Man, but it's it's really cool. It's even got a defect on it. Really? Um, yeah, one of the pages when it was cut uh, from however comic books are bind, bound and printed and whatever, when, it, when the actual page was cut from uh, the ream of paper it was printed on, there's actually a huge section of another page that's still connected to it, and it was just folded into the comic. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, it's got two of those in there. So I don't know if maybe this dude like cut up this book or something like that. I don't know, because it all looks the, like it's the same dimension. So... Uh, but it's got a pretty cool defect on it. It makes that one unique, I think. Yeah, Battle so. Scars, man. Yeah, I like it. It's really cool. Ah, sweet. I actually don't have like an individual um, copy of issue one, but I do have the uh, Ultimate Collection that has the uh, the black and white compilation. Yeah. I, th- I think it's issues one through six, and also the Raphael micro series with uh, Casey Jones. Yeah, yeah, I've got all of those volumes. Yeah, they've they've got what? six. Really? Yeah, I've got all of those. Yeah. <sighs> Lucky dog. <laughs> yeah. I just need to hang out at your house. Yeah, well, you know, just whatever. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet. Yeah, um, gosh, I've, I've not been up to a whole lot. Um, I did actually yesterday reorganize all my um, Ninja Turtle comics. I had a whole crate full of them. And, uh, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, you got, you got a hefty collection. Man. Oh, thanks, man. Well, you know, it's just stuff that I, I accrued over the years. Like, It's cool. The Archie comics... I had a couple from my childhood, but I actually got them all, or 90% of them, in uh, an eBay lot early on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was like 2001, uh, I guess. Oh, wow. it was, yeah, I was still in New Jersey when I ordered them. Uh, you saw an ad on MySpace or something. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I remember um, I had ordered them at a library, or at the school library, um, mm-hmm. Uh, I think when I was supposed to be studying or something like that, it was it was after school. I was doing some kind. Of, I don't even know why I was there, but uh, I remember. So order was, turtle comics. That's why you were uh, there. Absolutely, <laughs> you weren't there to study, right? I want to say it was two thousand. It was right around the time that the first X Men movie came out because I remember it was out in oh, theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ordered those and I got forty some issues of it. And I know the Archie run, the original one, was I think sixty some issues. Seven. It was like seventy five. Yeah, yeah, and they, I think they were. Yeah. Uh, I I want to say they were monthly because they I mean seventy five I mean that yeah. they had to be monthly because they ran for like five six years something like that maybe more probably more yeah more than that they had to have ran for that had to have been a ten year run I think that it ran longer than no no I I know for a fact it ran longer than the um uh, the original run the volume one did the first volume ended with issue sixty two yeah yeah and then volume two. I don't think that was near as long. It was you know? ten issues. Yeah, it was in nine. I think it was in nineteen ninety, and it was ten issues. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I don't have any image comics whatsoever. Um, I've got. Speaking of turtle pickups, I've got one on the way. I got the first issue. Oh, nice. I think that's all I'm gonna get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'd love to read every single one of them just to see what it was like. But I remember just from that first issue how, you know. Pardon the pun here, but how radical it was, or radically different it was from, um, you know, the original volumes. So. Oh, it, it wasn't radical, man. It was extreme. <laughs> it was. Extreme. Yeah, yeah. I, gosh, I remember Josh Witt and I, we reviewed the first issue, uh, and we were just talking about, like, you know, how there were certain things that I liked and certain things that I liked that they, they changed things up, but there were also some things that really bothered me, like, um, you know, the fact that, here he had Raphael. I think it was it was him who had half his face blown off. 
like a bomb went off or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember exactly what had happened. Uh, I remember soldiers <laughs> busted in during somebody's birthday party. I, I remember Josh and I talking about how indifferent the turtles seemed to be with the fact that Raph just blew half his face off. Yeah. But by the next panel, like, Michelangelo's joking about the party and everything. But I remember the fact that they were just changing things up, and we had a new villain in the very first issue that was kind of intriguing. So I'm like, I'm just curious to see what else is out there. Yeah, I bought the first issue, and it was kind of when I was deciding, am I going to get the third volume comics or the fourth volume comics? Because they both kind of are costing, like, around $9 an issue. Oh, wow. So... You between well, I mean, like between five and ten dollars an issue, which is fine to me because I mean, like it's not like they're ever gonna put them in a graphic novel and sell them. So, and plus, it's not like you know, I'm just buying stuff to buying stuff. I mean, I, I make <laughs> I keep track of everything, and you know, I always sound like I always feel like I sound like just the most irresponsible dude on the show. <laughs> no way. I always make sure I can handle what I'm getting. So I was kind of deciding between Volume 3 and Volume 4, and I've just heard so many great things about Volume 4, and the only great thing about Volume 3 I ever heard was that it's over now. Um, (laughs) But I I was really interested in Volume 3 because I think the annual for the 30th anniversary of the Turtles that IDW released, they made a big double-sized comic with like five different stories from five different creative teams. And one of the stories was the turtles from the Image Universe. And it was Raphael with one eye, Leonardo with one hand, Cyborg Donatello, and then, I don't know, ugly Michelangelo. I don't know what his, what his deal was. <laughs> but everybody had a, a physical scarring of some type, which was... And I think the reason they did it was because it was going to be a black and white comic, so they wanted you to be able to tell who the turtles were without yeah. their weapons. Good point. I think that's what happened. But, <laughs> yeah, I remember I've, I've read about that series, and that series just goes bananas. Like, Splinter uh, keeps mutating in that series. And really? He turns, yeah, he turns into a bat. What? And, yeah. And uh, the Shredder comes back. Karai is masquerading as the Shredder, and then Oroku Saki comes back. Due to fan demand, he came back. Oh my gosh! And um, Raphael has a duel with the Shredder and kills him. And since Ra- spoilers, and since Raphael <laughs> kills, I love how you say spoilers after you say it. Well, you were there when I said it. Yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> but like Raphael kills the Shredder, and since he killed him, he takes over the Foot Clan and he becomes the Shredder and like wears his version of the Shredder's armor and everything. Wait, what? Is this like a Kitsune thing or? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know. No, no Kitsune or anything like that. But it just, it just goes nuts, you know. It just, and I, I really dug the fact that they weren't afraid to just. You know, people are going to be mad, but we're going to make some changes because that's kind of what Image did. I mean, they went against the grain. I mean, Image Comics started as a bunch of people who were tired of working for Marvel and DC, so they just went nuts with whatever they could. I'm not sure if people consider it canon now, but, like, I don't know. It, it was a big volume because I know they made what? I think 30 issues. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. – uh, I'm, I feel terrible today. I'm not getting my dates right, but I, <laughs> I want to say it was the late 90s, you know. 94 to 97? That's three years of Turtle Comics. Yeah, 97 because that's when that Donatello figure I got you, that's when that all happened. Because they were crossing over with Savage Dragon and, you know, they're hanging out in Chicago and everything. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I openly admit, and that was 
the big reason that Josh Witt and I wanted to start this whole podcast thing, I openly admit that I'm not a Turtles expert at all. <laughs> I'm just a... I, I, neither am I, man. I just know it. I just know a few facts. That's a. It's, it's not like I've read all of this stuff, you know. And that well, that's me. Like uh, I know even fewer than you do. I I'm just a fan that wants to kind of go through each and every era of the turtles, and I'd love to kind of sink our teeth into the Image comics. Maybe in a year from now, like we we take some time, get some Image books because we're all getting other stuff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then we all dip into that, you know. That sounds great. So yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, I, I totally now. Darn it, Rob! You're gonna make me buy more stuff. <laughs> We're You're making for each me other. do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! When Nicole's like, "Are you buying more comics?" I'll be like, "Talk to Rob." <laughs> oh, man, sweet! I would definitely love to get into the image books. Yeah, but like you were talking about how it just really quickly, you had said that you didn't know if it was canon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peter Laird actually said Volume Three is not canon. Oh, he did. Yeah, he. He said it in an interview when people were asking him about Volume 4. He says, Volume 3 didn't happen. Nope. Sorry. Wow. What about <laughs> didn't that? Didn't happen at all. So. so it takes place, I guess, several years after Volume 2 ended. Yeah, it takes place 15 years after that. Yeah. Wow. Well, 15 years after the first volume. So maybe 12 years after Volume 2. Okay, so I don't know if I dreamt this or something, but did you say that Peter Laird toyed around with the idea of just calling Volume 4 Ninja Turtles? Did I hear that from you? Uh, I don't know. I must have dreamt it or something. Cause... I don't know. Yeah, it would make sense because I think he called it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just, you know, to, to keep the brand going. Uh, not, not like it was limping or anything, but just to make sure that people saw the book and they knew it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not 30-something Ninja Turtles, you know? The only reason I ask is because... I was, when I had all my comics spread out, I was looking at the Archie series. I was looking at I was looking at the uh, Volume One. Um, I don't have any Volume Twos, but I've read the Volume Twos. Anyway, so I was looking at all my comics, and the only volume that doesn't actually spell out the Turtles is Volume Four. And I wonder if he intentionally did that because he kind of wanted to just put TMNT in there to almost make you forget that it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You know. If I remember correctly, it said TMNT in, like, big, bold, glow-in-the-dark print. And then in fine print under it, it said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay, okay. I think that's what they did, yeah. Oh, well, that kind of throws my argument out of the window. It, maybe it was just, I know it's on the first issue. Maybe it was just that first issue. And then everything else after that was called TMNT. You know what? Yeah. That's, that's bugging me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up right now. you got to look it up, yeah. And by the way... How you were talking about the Archie series? How crazy and awesome looking were the covers on the Archie series books? Ah, oh, man, they were they were great. They were just the weirdest non sequitur things. <laughs> ever. You know what they look like? They look like old school nineteen thirties DC comics, where like you would see Superman chained to a rocket, you know, it's just, <laughs> and Lex Luthor going, "Ha ha! I push this button and you die," you know, it's just. Kind of like there's my the first Archie comic that I ever had, the Archie Ninja Turtles comic I ever had, had a picture of I think it was Ray Fillet fl uh, riding a sea turtle with the Ninja Turtles behind him going like whoa you know <laughs> it was hilarious and he even had a giant piece of seaweed that he would use in the turtles uh, jowls so he could turn the sea turtle and everything. And it was it, just the most crazy thing. Like, my one of my favorites was it showed the Ninja Turtles on the street and then they're all looking up and, like, 
in the city skyline was like uh, this dragon called Hothead was introduced in that series. Oh, yeah. And he's like a Godzilla-sized character fighting another giant kaiju-type character. And she's like, what is going on <laughs> with Ninja Turtles? Oh, I know. And I remember how vibrant and beautifully colored the covers were. Yeah. You know? And looking through uh, the ones that I have, man, they're beautiful. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, going back to Volume 4, so here's what I found. You're definitely right. The uh, The first, like, 25 issues... It does, you know, and of course in giant print it's TMNT, and then right under it it says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. But then after that, I'm looking at one, issue 28, it just shows TMNT. And then yeah. issue 32, which is one of the last ones ever written. Oh, that, that is the last one, yeah. Is it the last one? Because I, yeah. I heard that Pierre Lair was thinking about he has the creative freedom to keep, yeah, it, keep it going. I read because I wanted to know if he was – now that I've bought them, the majority of them, it's like, you know IDW is going to push these things out in, in graphic novels. Um, yeah. But, uh, which they, which is their right to do. They can't do that. And Peter Laird has the uh, creative control of that series to publish 18 books a year uh, of that series, or any Ninja Turtles that he wants, really. And I read an interview with him because I was wanting to know if he was ever going to continue with it. And I think the interview was last year, maybe the year before, so things can still change. But he said no. There's, it's more than likely he's not going to continue it. He's he's just kind of moved on from it. And from what I understand, issue thirty-two, which wasn't released in print until last year as a Comic Con exclusive, so that's a super rare, super expensive thing that I'm not getting. Oh, uh, you, you know I have it. You have it. I have it signed by Jim Lawson. Oh my God! You do not lose that. Oh, I got I got a box and everything because I was like, I oh. think this is the last one. You know, I've not actually read the whole thing yet. And don't even touch it, man. <laughs> it might turn into dust or something. Like you open it up and it's like the Ark of the Covenant or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's like, there's there's probably not going to be an issue thirty three because from what I understand, he even leaves it off on a cliffhanger. Oh, man. you're kidding. Yeah, cliffhangers and comas, man, with these Turtles books. What's going on? I guess it started before IDW. Yeah, where do you think they got it from? <laughs> they want to pay homage to it. Well, yeah, with every <laughs> issue, especially the one that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of which, maybe we should talk about it, eh? All right, yeah. All right, let's do it. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Alright, so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Turtle Flakes Presents the IDW Mutation Station. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. I actually kind of forgot what our podcast was called <laughs> because of last week. I didn't get to say it. I have to say it every week. You know? Well, I, I noticed, uh, that, gosh, every time you, you've gone into that, and that's, a, that's verbatim, would you say, every time, I always find a way to talk over you. So this time, I, when I knew you were going to go into it, I just shut up. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, of course, man. Of course. You know, I figured it's not like I ever talk over you. I do it. You know, that's that's my biggest flaw as a podcaster. I don't even mean to do it. And I don't even notice I'm doing it until yeah, I edit. I I don't. I do the same thing. It's like I. I think that's why we haven't done an episode of Bargain Bin Radio in a while because Nicole is just tired of me talking over <laughs> her. That's it. Okay, so the Leatherhead story arc was actually, it was really cool. Hindsight being 2020, I feel like I spoke a little bit too harshly about it. I mean, I never actually said that I, there was anything in it that I didn't like, but it was just kind of okay. And after I got, like, the whole Leatherhead story 
and I just read it all in a row. It's a really cool story of just like explaining this bad guy who's actually not a bad guy. You know, he was a torture victim. He was a prisoner of Krang. And um, so what the gist of that story is the fact that he just, oh, Fugitoid awakened a bunch of uh, Utroms and Leatherhead just dismantled Fugitoid and killed a bunch of the Utroms. And hilarity ensued and used Donatello to leave Burnow Island because he was going to die on Burnow Island because it was terraformed during the Attack on Technodrome storyline. So he's back in New York, and the Turtles end up going to New York. Well, Michelangelo, Leonardo, and Raphael do, with Donatello still on Burnow Island. Uh, I think he said he was going to end up at Professor Honeycutt's, or not Honeycutt, that's Fugitoid, uh, Harold, whatever Harold's last name is. Yeah. Um, he's, first off, Harold, Harold needs to lighten up, all right? He is just the meanest dude. He's not even serious. He is the meanest guy. <laughs> And they do the thing where, like, he's mean to everybody, but he loves everyone. And it's like, no, sometimes you're just a jerk. And <laughs> I know I'm a Ninja Turtle, and we like to not judge people, but I'm just using you because you have a Super Nintendo, all right? I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to come out with it. Wow, you really laid it out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and just, yeah, we used you for Metalhead, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks. But anyway, they end up back at the turtles. End up back at the the Foot Clan headquarters, which is their new uh, their new home away from home. And because Splinter is the leader of the Foot Clan, and they find Kitsune and Alapex uh, just laid the waste to a bunch of Foot Ninja, and the only one left standing is Jenica, and she's fighting uh, Alapex. Right, right. That brings us to the cover of this issue, issue 59. And I yeah. love the cover, but what's odd about it is this actual scene is not in the book. That fight doesn't happen in the book, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all kind of off... I was about to say off-camera, but I guess off-panel. Off-panel, yeah. I mean, like, you see each one of them swipe at each other once. And it's like, yep, there's the cover. All right, fight. It's over. <laughs> it was kind of jarring for me because... I didn't notice in the comic that Jenica had those awesome claws. Yeah, um, she fought. She tried to ambush Splinter when you first her for her introduction. Is she tries to ambush Splinter, and she's wearing because when I first saw her, I didn't notice the claws that she had on. But and I thought it was like, did I accidentally buy the Batman crossover and Red Hood's fighting Jenica <laughs> or fighting Splinter? And I was like, that's a. And I started thinking, man, who would win between Red Hood and Splinter? Oh, man, oh, that's man. a good fight. <laughs> Splinter, we all know it. Oh, of course. Yeah, I think Splinter could take down Batman if he wanted to. Did you read the uh, the comics? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was surprised. I really, really liked that Batman crossover. I've not finished it yet. I've read the first three issues of it. And, yeah. man, I'll tell you what. When Batman fought Splinter, Splinter held his own, man. I got the impression that Splinter was just the whole time, like, Batman's fighting him. But Splinter's testing them. Ah, it, interesting. That oh, was, ooh, I'll have to go back and read that. That that was what I took from it, and but it was so cool. The only my only complaint about that storyline was I wanted the Batman and Shredder fight to be a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Because that is a good fight, Shredder and Batman. But the rest of that that final issue, it goes so crazy that I just had the biggest smile on my face <laughs> reading that last issue. It was it was so 
bananas with a capital B. And when when you finish it, let me know because it's it just goes crazy. So oh, definitely, man. It's it's definitely in my uh, my backlog of issues here because I've got all of them downloaded on my iPad. And you know what? I'm gonna read them tonight. Just since you mentioned, yeah. that, I'm gonna read them tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good read. Like I I really like at the beginning of the storyline, the turtles ended up in Killer Croc's lair, and they just they just beat him up like so easily too. It's like no, man, you're you're. A thug, it, you know, we eat thugs for breakfast. Yeah, he's so. trying to find uh, car parts or something, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great series. Listeners, go read Batman uh, TMNT. Yeah. You know what we need to do, uh, since since it's close to the movie? Mm-hmm. We need to talk about the uh, Ghostbusters crossover. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I, I really... That was another one. I was really surprised. I was surprised by the parallels between the Ghostbusters and the Turtles. They break it down literally in one page where Donatello's talking with Egon, Michelangelo's talking with uh, Dan Aykroyd, Spangler? Uh, no. Ray. Ray. Ray, yeah. thank you. I haven't seen Ghostbusters in a decade or something like that. Oh, nice. Now, so I actually saw the 1984 one, the original. Uh, they had like a, a short promotion where they were showing in theaters here, and I actually saw oh, it. That's Oh, it was awesome. It was so cool to see in the theaters. And it was cool because it was me and this one other guy. We were really into it. And I didn't know the guy, but I happened to sit next to him. And there was probably about 30 people in the theater. And we're, like, clapping and laughing at every scene. And no one else is, like... Wow, you're kind of like uh, Robert De Niro in Cape Fear when he's just in the movie theater. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Smoking a big cigar. That was me. That was me. Yeah, that was you, man. Giant cigar in hand. Big tub of popcorn. And I was surprised no one else acted that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but yeah, the Ghostbusters thing, it, that was really cool. That was a really cool issue, or series. So I like how the, the IDW side series, how they're all continuity. Yeah. But And in, in fact, like the Batman crossover is the only one that's not technically in canon. It was more of a what-if scenario, I yeah. think. I'm, I'm relatively certain. I think because... Technically, that's a DC book. Yeah, IDW's there. I mean, it's the IDW Turtles, and, and IDW's on the cover, but it's technically a DC book. Like it just now came to the IDW Comicsology app, but it's been on Kindle since it came out in print. So, but uh, I like how all the side series, the side quests, if you will, are all in continuity, like Turtles in Time, Ghostbusters, what all the annuals. They're all in continuity. So. Oh, me too. There's so much to read. I mean, so much to read, and that's so exciting, you know, for for us fans. I, I was looking at some of the side series, and, and um, there was another one I, I didn't even know I had that I bought that never read. Was um, it was one of the villains compilations, and it had Alapex, and it had Shredder, and Krang, and I think yeah. I, I want to say Baxter too. Uh, yeah, I, I've not read all those two villains ones. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know this one had Alapex in it because I was like, ooh, because I remember. I think I got the individual micro-series of him. But anyways, I wanted to read the Alpex story again because of this story. But yeah, I was just there's so many comics that I have. The Turtles in Time compilation. I have the um, the trade of the Ghostbusters. Uh, actually, I think Josh sent that down my way. So, you know, there's there's so many great, great comics out there that I've not even read yet. You know, and I'm just now, of course, caught up with this series and... Yeah, it's it's crazy. It it's all great stuff. It's just there's so much of it. Yeah, I know. Like I'm waiting for uh, Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything to come out. Oh, that's another one I've I mean, not read. 
the individual issues are out, but I'm just waiting for I just wait for the trades to come out. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if it weren't for this show, I wouldn't even be reading month to month this comic. Just be, not because I I don't like it or anything. I just wanted to wait for the trades. Right. The show holds just, us accountable. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. I got to be accountable for something, dude. Right. <laughs> Me too. All right. So one thing I really love about issue fifty nine is finally, finally. After 58 issues, you get some kind of culmination of Kitsune messing with Alapex. And ah, you realize yeah. that just Alapex has slowly had her mind taken over of, from Kitsune to where she's literally Kitsune's puppet. I mean, like, she's telling him, she's speaking through her, moving through her, and all from, like, nine, ten rooms away. And yeah. I mean, she's just taking down foot soldiers and trying to ambush Splinter. And like the story starts off very strong where it starts off with the last page of issue 58 where the turtles uh, walk in and Kitsune's got a knife to uh, Splinter. And Alapex is fighting Janica and, you know, just anarchy what's going on and then it's like okay but a half hour later or a half hour earlier this is what happened and while the turtles were fighting leatherhead you find that splinter is splinter is suspicious of kitsune because he knows he he knows that she's one of the pantheon uh you know one of the immortals that are playing a game and the prize at the end is the entire world and everything in it. And what's weird is like, I don't think we have a reason why yet outside of they're just immortals who are all powerful. What else are they going to do? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because that, that was something I was going to ask at the end of this issue because Mark from TMNT uh, entity blogspot.com. I mean, he reviews everything and he was talking about this particular issue and you know how finally we, we get to see Kitsune do something here. And I was thinking, okay, say she did somehow triumph and we're going to talk about exactly what happens later, but uh, yeah. say she did triumph. Then what, what is she going to do? You know, is she going to take over the foot clan? Is she going to go over the, go after the turtles does she want just chaos in general we really don't know we have no idea what she's gonna do and, th and that i find that intriguing and at the same time it's like i have you know i just have no idea where the storyline would go i have one theory while she's uh, controlling alapex and and also at the same time she's controlling other foot soldiers like the elite guards um yeah. They're going to the reason they're fighting Janica is because Janica, her um, job is to guard Shredder's tomb. Uh, so Splinter made a shrine for Shredder, and his body is in this giant stone ca uh, sarcophagus. And Kitsune is trying to get Shredder's body and and head. Like she wants the body and the head, and she says, "There's a helicopter that'll take us out of here." My theory is that she's trying to resurrect Shredder for whatever reason. And my theory going forward from that is if what happens at the end of this issue, which we'll get there, if that turns out to be true and this holy crap thing just happened, um, she resurrects Shredder to take over the Foot Clan again. My theory is that it's not going to be evil Shredder because his body will be and soul will be 
reawakened and everything. And remember, at the end of issue 50, when Splinter and Shredder had their final fight and Shredder dies, he realized the error of his ways. Yeah, he did. Yep. And committed seppuku. So possibly this will be recovered Shredder. Um, oh, man. 12 so... Steps program Shredder. <laughs> you know? And what I kind of hope happens is like if what happened at the end of this book, what, what we what we're wondering, which hopefully we'll find out the next issue if it happened, I kind of wonder if Shredder is going to take over kind of being the turtle sensei now. I mean, how crazy oh. would that be have Shredder be the turtle sensei? And then, and you know what? Like, now you've got the Deviations Turtles all of a sudden. Not that they're evil, but, like, now you've got the armored up, following Shredder yeah. kind of turtles. And I was like, man, what if what if that's where they're going? What? That's amazing. That has never been done. That That is, God, do I want that to happen. Okay, all that would hinge on Splinter dying, right? Yeah, because at the end of this story, at the end of this issue... Uh, Kitsune's got a knife. You see the knife up in the air, and she's taunting the turtles, and then while she's looking at the turtles, she brings the knife down into Splinter. All right. Say hypothetically Splinter was killed. Uh-huh. Do you think Kitsune is a worthy enough villain to be the one that kills Splinter? Uh... I will say yes only because I mean we I don't know everything about her. I don't know her I mean we don't know her limitations yet. We don't know her capabilities. Yeah. We just know that she is I mean you, you well you know what yeah. I mean yes she is because like her power I mean like physically fighting to her is just it's a waste of her time. She's so powerful. This is somebody that seemingly especially on the mental plane yeah, she can just like snap her fingers and you're gone. You know, I mean, you don't actually fight that. So yeah, I I think she is worthy enough. Yes, I do. That that's a really good point because I mean, how does Splinter fight against that? He can't. I mean, he can fight against anything, including a Rokusaki. You know, physically, but this is something he's never really encountered before. But here's the thing that makes me think that it's not, it's not Splinter that she stabbed. Okay. They wouldn't kill Splinter off off panel. They wouldn't. Because they show... Didn't they show when Donatello was beaten by Bebop and Rocksteady? Didn't they show that? Uh, if I remember correctly, they showed like the silhouette of it. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Which is both yes and no. Right, uh, right. But, but they showed the body. Yeah, there was a more definitive, like, you knew. You knew Donnie was, was dead. Or at least yeah. seemed to be. But see, in this one, she just kind of swings her arm down. You don't know that. And I, I think Splinter's such a huge, huge character that if you're going to do that, you want to really wow the audience, and, and, and you want to make it look definitive, I killed Splinter, you know? Well, you know, I mean, I think the reason they showed Donatello dying, um, in air quotes, because we know now he didn't actually die. Sure. But uh, they showed him dying because that had never been done before. You had to show that. You had to. And now that raised the stakes to a level that the uh, the Turtles comic has never really gone below. Everything's kind of been turned up to the nines since issue 44. And so now they kind of can't... I, I think they can get away with killing a major character almost off panel 
And, I mean, now you've got the next month going, oh, my God, I can't believe they killed Splinter. You've got a whole month of just thinking, I cannot believe they just killed Splinter. And then the next page, this next issue, if they open up to a flashback or five minutes ago or whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm yeah. not reading this series. We all know that's not true, but, I mean, I'm done, you know? Yeah, just, you know that's probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, come back to issue 61 where we reveal the fate of Splinter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, where his whole life, you know, flashed before his eyes, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, um... The reason I think that Kitsune uh, killed Splinter is because he looks at his sons and says, save Janica. Yeah, that line bothered me. Yeah. And he looks like he's down, too. Yeah, man. Like, like he knows it's over. He knows. I mean, Splinter is, Splinter is too smart to know to not know when he's done. He he knows he's out. His, his ticket's about to be punched. His number's up. Whatever metaphor you want to use. He's out. You know, he, he knows it. Well, see, the thing is... Well, the thing is, comics. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kitsune, it'll, it'll she... Be undone. Right, she wasn't in... She wasn't in any other series. This is an IDW-specific character, right? I believe so, yeah. her name. I've looked her up. I've only seen her in the IDW series. Yeah, I've, I've not seen her. The only other series I can think of that I'm not, I don't know a lot about is the Image series, and I, I don't know if she's in that, but... Oh, they're not pulling anything from that. Maybe the fact that Donatello was put into Metalhead, maybe that was an Image callback because Donatello becomes a cyborg in the Image series. Right, right. Uh, so maybe that was... But I think that's all they'll do. Okay, well, see, that makes me think that it can't be Kitsune. I mean, if you're going to have... Okay, in Volume 4, spoilers, mm -hmm. I mean, Splinter, he dies of natural causes. I heard he dies of a heart attack, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, oh, it's it's such a sad issue. I think we were talking about it in the last episode, but I'm sorry, I just kind of ruined that for you. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. No, I knew about that before I even bought any of the oh, books. Okay, good. And good. because it's, spoilers don't... Spoilers don't bother me. It's fine. It's a, it's such a well written issue anyway. I I, th I yeah. think you'll really that, enjoy that's it. what I care about is the writing and and the artwork and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's a great issue. But see, like he he dies of natural causes there. I mean, he's he's their father, and you're gonna have this new character, you know, with really no background legacy to, to draw from, kill him and, and off panel right in front of the turtles. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I kind of wonder. If Tom Waltz kind of stole this from my turtle story because I had a new character come in and totally kill Splinter in front of the turtles. <laughs> no background, no history, and yeah. I guess you could do that. I mean, you know. He didn't steal it from me. No. <laughs> yeah. no. There's your royalties, man. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, give me my money. Give yeah. me my turtles check. You know? <laughs> this character that you've been writing for the last four years and I created a character six months ago. Uh, Give me my turtles check. Uh, you know, you never know who's reading. You never know. <laughs> oh, I know. It's you, me, and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Going back to the beginning of the story, so j just a little bit before that whole encounter with uh, Alapex. Oh, uh, spoilers for the issue. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. After we talked about it for about a half hour. Yeah. Half hour. Spoilers. <laughs> Hey, they can't get mad at us. We said it. We we, we did say it. It was it was the in the episode. Absolutely. You know, I I really liked I I liked the beginning of this book where Splinter he just seems like such a nice, gentle old man. You know, like a wise, yeah. humble old man. Because here he is. He built a a tomb, a monument. 
Baroku Saki, who in a previous life killed his sons. You yeah. know, I, I find that so fascinating about Splinter that, I mean, I, I, for, for me, losing your child has got to be one of the worst things that a human being could ever go through. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine. But anyways, so here you got Splinter. He lost all four of his sons. He actually witnessed them being executed in a, in a previous issue of the IDW comics. Yeah. Yet even after all that, he still sees some good in Oroku Saki and mm-hmm. actually constructs this tomb for him. And Jenica... She can't really fathom that idea, you know. Yeah, she 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 even says, I think issue fifty two, because she uh, attacks, she tries to ambush Splinter, and the whole reason she's guarding Shredder's tomb is punishment for her trying to kill Splinter, and um, she says that she's watched Splinter and the turtles just weaken the Foot Clan, and it's just and yeah. so she takes great offense to uh to that and that's why she attacks him and but in classic splinter fashion he does not hold that against her he just that's what i love about splinter is she's just he's so willing to forgive just anybody yeah. of anything you know yeah and jenica she's a new character and yet splinter's already kind of taken a liking to her quite a bit yeah i mean and to the point where like you said josh one of his last words at least in this issue and quite possibly for the series is take care of Jenica yeah save Jenica yeah because and especially from Alopex who's another very trusted friend of the turtles and splinter at one time an enemy you know and he's just kind of explaining how it uh, like one of the let me just read it here he says yes uh, because Jenica questions like but didn't Shredder do all these horrible things to you and here's what Splinter says he says yes well Shredder was indeed the catalyst of much of the tragedy that I have experienced during my existence. But before he was the Shredder, Orokusaki was a brave and honorable warrior who, despite our many differences, I was proud to call a clan brother. Again, seeing the good in him, even despite all the shortcomings. I really like in the IDW series how there is this huge backstory to Shredder and Splinter. Like, just hundreds of years before issue one, they were friends. They grew up together. They train together, and um, I don't know. Was it still Tang Shen that drove a wedge in between them, or was it Shredder's ambition and anger and kind of everything? I don't think it was uh, Tang Shen in this in this series. Her death was just kind of inconsequential, right? She yeah, I yeah because because she was there, kind of a thing. Yeah, I think so. I want to say it was either. Ah, it was the... Because I noticed he was the first one to die. Yeah, I think it was either the secret uh, history of the Foot Clan, or yeah. or it was um, the micro-series with Shredder, uh, where he kills her. But I don't think he, f- he felt any uh, feelings for her, as far as, you know, a romantic feeling or anything like that. I, I don't oh. remember there being that. I could be wrong. I'll have to go back, but um, I don't think so. And that's, that's a, a fresh new take, you know? Yeah, it is. It's such. It's a very simple change that kind of just changes everything, you know, because just that one change has never been done in Turtles comics. Yeah. I mean, the only time it's ever been done where, like, Tang Shen was just not an issue at all was the 87 cartoon. I was about to say, yeah, the 87 cartoon, you know, where, yeah. he, where he doesn't bow to the Master Sensei. 
Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> how did you not notice a knife in your back? Yeah, you impudent dog. <laughs> throw that bum out. He's obviously <laughs> the worst soldier. He doesn't know when he got stabbed in the back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and pinned to a wall. I'll tell you, that's just, that's so disrespectful. Like, I'm yeah. But, you know, I, and I love, you know, Jenica, she, she's like, I'm sorry, I... I didn't realize that you had this affection for him or affinity for Shredder. And Splinter's so, he's like, oh, no need to apologize. And I love what he says. He says, you're far from ignorant. I, I would not have given such an important charge were it otherwise. Yeah. But he, here's an interesting line. I assure you, this tomb is far more than a simple, symbolic gesture. What does he mean by that? His feelings are genuine. He actually, he really did care about Oroku Saki. And had Shredder just kind of come to his senses and just said, dude, I'm sorry, and they just broed out and just hugged each other, it would have been <laughs> fun. You know, it sure. all would have worked out. And they said, you know, let's go take down all old Hob and Bebop and Rocksteady and those guys giving us grief and, yeah, the Street Phantoms, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's go take all them out. And You don't like uh, the Street Phantoms, do you? I do, oh, God, I cannot stand <laughs> the Street Phantoms. It's like a team full of Wolverines. It's it's horrible. Okay, yeah. are okay, foot soldiers or street phantoms? Foot soldiers, man. Come okay, on. I just I just want to make sure. No, okay, even, okay. Even the gorilla-looking ones from the cartoon. Oh, I was about to say. You yeah. read my mind. I was going to say, okay, the gorilla-looking ones in season 1 of the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, even those, you know, because like the street phantoms had had just somehow failed their way upwards in life and <laughs> had been given way too much power. It's like when you first turn 16 and you get your driver's license and you're driving your dad's car for the first time and you think you are just king of the neighborhood. <laughs> no, you're not. You're a moron. And you just have way too much power at your disposal and you eventually... You're going you to kill go somebody under. by accident. Yeah, you're going to kill somebody. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't like the Street Phantoms. I just <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I just had a feeling. Yeah, I just I could I can't help it. I'm sorry. I recognize that there is a cool character there. All to save the Street Phantoms, all you need to do is have like one dude in their ranks that's just competent and says, <laughs> "We're not calling ourselves the Street Phantoms. Let me show you how to use these powers that we have." <laughs> Never mind, I'll just do it myself, you know. You need one guy to just Batman it up there and they're saved, you know. Oh, oh, you know, okay, so so back to 59, like, he, here's here's what, like, I, I was a little confused about when I first read this. Uh-huh. Okay, so the last panel, Splinter's walking through the tomb, right? Yeah. And then you, you see him walking into Kitsune's place. Does she have, a like, a studio right next to the tomb? It looks like, well, no, I don't think so. Because Splinter, I think he's smart enough to be like, nope, put her put her at the opposite end of the compound over there right. because <laughs> she's magic. She can do some weird stuff. So why was he by the tomb in the first place? Just to, to pay his respects? I think pay his respects and just kind of probably try to check up on Janica. Probably just ah. try to see where her, her head's at, you know, and, you know, just to kind of put her at ease because like she's blaming herself for trying to kill Splinter and Splinter was probably just going down there to make because you haven't seen her since issue 52 I don't yeah. think probably just to make sure that she knew they were okay 
That that's what I took from it. That makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. So yeah, so. But, uh, Oh, you, no, you go ahead. You he, go he, goes ahead. And, he goes and sees Kitsune and Kitsune's painting, doing whatever. You know, Bob Ross makes some happy little trees, you know. <laughs> and he's really mystified by this painting. Now, I don't know anything about Japanese paintings or Japanese symbology or anything like that. But, like, he's really confused by the the dragon, the phoenix, and the uh, the fox. Yeah, which is really foreshadowing, too, because you see... At least for the fox, that should have been foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess this painting is kind of like you know our, our own interpretation here, but I, I kind of see the, the dragon as Kitsune herself. Yeah. And I see the phoenix yeah. almost like... Uh, you know, of course, a phoenix is a symbol of death and re, you know rebirth. I think that's Alapex herself. I think the, the fox is Alapex. Yeah. But I think the Phoenix is Shredder. I think that's her. I, I think they're spelling oh. out her plan there. Uh, Kitsune and Alapex are going to bring Shredder back to life. Ah, oh, see that that, oh, that makes a lot more sense. And I'm uh, this is this, <laughs> what's, this is what's great about you know having a co-host. But uh, what I was thinking was, okay, the dragon's Kitsune, the yeah. Phoenix is actually Alapex's animal instincts reborn. You know, okay. like 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 she becomes once again. Um, an animal instead of you know having moral. Uh, I guess I'm thinking wait, that that's far more of a reach than what you said. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but like I was just thinking that that brings on the more um, primitive, animalistic yeah. nature. She literally tells Alapex, you know, you're unleashed now, and then she attacks Janica. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But when I first saw this painting. And, of course, the cover itself gives a lot away. But when I first saw this painting, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to turn Alapex, finally. You mm-hmm. know, and then finally toward the end of the issue, um, you, you see there's a lot more to it. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's her um, planning on bringing, up, bringing Shredder back. And she's just so cocky and confident that she's just kind of just spelling it out for everyone. Like, hey, just in case you didn't know. This is my planner. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's going to happen on Tuesday. Yeah. This is Wednesday. Taco Tuesday is coming up. <laughs> Wednesday we got big plans. You know, so. But, like, and what I really love is Splinter because, like, he's talking about, you know, this uh, game that the Immortals are playing. And he's basically like, just, dude, just don't. Okay? Oh, yeah. Just, just stop. What I, what I love about this is you see two incredibly smart characters that are playing mind games with each other. You know, who has the one up on the other? I love that about this particular piece of dialogue because Splinter's kind of asking questions, and you know that the questions he's asking, they appear to be casual questions, but you know there's a deeper... He's seeking a deeper thing. And at the same time, Kitsune's firing them right back at him, saying, oh, well... She's explaining the meaning of her painting. She's explaining that there's more than it seems... I love the fact that they're kind of playing this almost like intellectual chess in a way. Yeah, I mean, they're both kind of. I'm, I'm, I may be wrong, but they're both asking each other questions that they know the answers to already, and they're just testing each other and just seeing who's gonna fold. And neither of them are. Yeah, and Splinter knows all along Kitsune can't be trusted, but yet he's still on the surface very quaint and very polite and very humble. Yeah. At the same time. She kind of sticks to her script, too. Splinter knows that Kitsune is only still there because she's allowing it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because she is kind of powerful enough to just like, okay, deuces, I'm out. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm tired of being stuck in this room. Goodbye. You oh, know? yeah. And he's kind of just trying to figure out why she hasn't left yet. You know, because, I mean, if she's committed to the astral plane, she could just, and just out, you know, out in the thin air. And so he's just kind of just, and that's why I think she's there is so like, because Splinter in this series seems to be very reactionary. He's not very proactive, but he's very much um, just like, uh, I'm going to take the first hit so I can know this person's strengths. And then I'll attack. I'll counterattack. He's very into counterattacks. Yeah, yeah. Very rarely does Splinter, at least in this series, in my opinion, very rarely does he go on the offensive. You know, which which isn't a bad thing. It's a very dangerous game of chess that you play. You know. Yeah, and and speaking of that, th- this is where we kind of get to the heart of their contention here because uh, Splinter asks, as he's having tea, of course, he he asks. Your kind only play for amusement, yet I wonder, what are the true stakes of your contest? Uh, Kitsune says, our, our contest? Why, Yoshi, you act as if we immortals are the only ones who are taking part. In truth, all who exist are involved in the game. You, me, your sons, Miss O'Neill, my brothers and my sisters, everyone. And then here's the thing. The difference is, who's playing... And who's being played? And I think this is a this is a key right here. Because mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, has she been playing everyone, including even Oroku Saki, since the beginning? But there's something later on in this dialogue that makes me think that maybe she wasn't really playing Saki. Um, and, of course, the ending in the comic kind of confirms that. But uh, yeah. it's interesting because I think Splinter knows at this point, okay, she's, tell- she's giving me an answer indirectly. Yeah. Of, you know, can she be trusted? Uh, she says that Oroku Saki even says that um, because Splinter asked, you know, before I go, um, was Shredder a part of this game? And he says Shredder wasn't a participant, but he was well aware that there are two types of people, winners and losers. And I'm paraphrasing, but he says winners and losers. And he's like, Shredder's a winner. He's going to be around who's going to win. And he's like, his money was on Kitsune. Yeah. So that's and Kitsune and Shredder had a bond. There was, I don't know what kind of bond it was, but there was something between those two. And especially if she's concerned with resurrecting him, which is where I think they're going with it. You raise a good point. Are they a romantic bond, or are they just kind of they have a mutual respect for each other? Or I I wonder if like. Uh, Shredder is another brother of Kitsune, but he's just not, and maybe that's just how he's immortal. Because I could have sworn that he was kept young because of the mutagen, or a variation of it, or something something to do with Krang. I don't I don't remember a scene where he died until he killed himself. Yeah, they but they make mention in one issue where it's just Shredder and Krang talking about a possible team up, basically, and Krang makes mention of how Shredder stays young and or at least keeps from dying and uh, I want to say they mentioned it was a mutagen I can't quite remember it's it's a good issue it's all it's those two on a boat <laughs> basically yeah yeah because he didn't die Where, whereas right. Hamada Yoshi was killed 
You know, uh-huh. so something's had to have been keeping him alive. I mean, if you're going to go with this whole reincarnation thing, yeah, that that worked for Mato Yoshi, but it didn't work for Oroku Saki because he never died yeah. until, until he killed himself. He's been alive since for like 300, 400 years. Yeah. There, I, I wonder if maybe not a brother, but like maybe maybe he's a son or something or I don't know. It's It's weird, you know. But then the next part of it, finally, you see there is a little bit with April and Angel talking about Casey Jones, but it's kind of just like I kind of get the it's one page and it's kind of like, hey, these characters are still here, but they'll be back later. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's April's worried about Casey. And I guess I missed this, but Casey and April broke up. I miss I, I guess that was when like he just went crazy on a guy who was littering and she's like, OK. You're kind of crazy. Goodbye. Here's your class ring back. Goodbye. Yeah, then then, uh, shortly after that, that's when Kitsune, you know, after um, Splinter talks to April, Kitsune, that's when she summons Alapex. Yeah, and she's just, Alapex is asleep, and she just is just like, wake up, and she says, we begin, and Alapex's eyes turn yellow, just like Kitsune's. Yeah. Yeah, it's really creepy. Yeah, and God, I just don't want to see Alapex do this because I like her. She's a great character. She's really cool. She really has turned a corner where she was a bad guy or bad girl, and uh, now she's fighting with the Turtles, with the Foot Clan, and she is a valued member of their team. And it's just, ugh, man, I don't like it. And not in a bad way. It's just I, I don't like it because I don't want to see this character do that. You know, it's kind of like when Robin became, when Jason Todd became Red Hood. It's like, oh, man, Bucky was the Winter Soldier. It's like, nah, man. And also, say say Splinter is killed. Mm-hmm. Alapex, if she ever does come to, she's going to take that very, very hard, you know? Yeah. You know what? I, I really hope that they don't do the whole... You, you know, you killed her, I'm blaming you for this. When it's like very obviously she was being manipulated by somebody else. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And everybody can see it. But it's just like, if, if just please don't do the whole, no, you did it. Because that just, it would not fit. And knowing Alapex, like, she would blame herself. Oh, yeah, that's that's fine. That's cool. Have her blame herself because don't have the turtles blame her. That's kind of what I'm hoping for, too. Like, yeah. well, first of all, I'm hoping Splinter doesn't get killed, but... I could just see this really damaging Alapex, you know, in- internally. I did this. You know, I had something to do with this. I knew something was off because there's hints for issues and issues and issues that she's being manipulated, that, that something's not quite right. Man, you don't want to see one of these, one of the few good guys in this series just kind of totally get thrown under the bus, you know. But But that's how you make a good story you do things that make the reader just say oh no don't do it please i see what you're doing don't do it man yep my two favorite new characters okay i got three i got three uh-huh um alapex uh-huh old hob and um hun those are my th- my three new favorite favorite oh i guess hun's not a, a new character but no. um but the the new spin on him being casey jones dad you know, I lo- I love what IDW is doing with these characters, and I just I just hate to see. I just I just hope they don't kill off Alapex too quickly. You know, I hope she's an, a recurring character. Oh, I don't I don't think she's going anywhere. I think I think she's just going to go through a lot. Yeah, so I don't see her dying anytime soon. So 
if if any one of the side characters were going to die, it's it's going to be Old Hob. It's, really? It's, it's going to be Old Hob or it's going to be Slash. Yeah, to where really? that's a, a that's yeah, it's it's like that's a fan favorite character. They have a lot of history invested in the team, and fans love them. But if that character died, the book could easily keep going because I hate to say this, but if you're looking for your big powerhouse character and Slash dies, Leatherhead was just introduced. Yeah, true. And he's true. not, and he's not a bad guy, you know. And if if Old Hob dies, Michelangelo leads the mutant animals. So, but he leads them the right way, you know. But I don't, like, but I don't, the, I don't want him to I, die. I know. <laughs> Kill the cat. Kill the cat. No. Kill. Uh, yeah, but no, it's just and and then it's a great mirror image of Splinter leading the Foot Clan with Michelangelo meeting leading the Mutanimals, but from the turtle nobody expected to become the leader of anything. I mean, if anyone's going to take over as a leader of something, it's going to be Leonardo, right? Nobody yeah. expects Mikey to do it, and this is just how you show him growing up and changing. You know, it's that's what I would think anyway. That's that's where I would go. Which is exactly why I don't write comics because they would be wildly unpopular. Because I'm <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I think I think Alapex is one of those fan favorite characters that I think they're relatively safe okay, for right I, now. Yeah, as yeah. safe as safe as anyone. I mean, this car- this comic killed Donatello once. It, nobody's <laughs> is anybody really safe? No, no. You know. I mean, comas and cliffhangers aside, is anyone really safe? <laughs> That's the thing about this IDW series, especially now that they're what a hundred issues in, as far as the writing process goes. Yeah, if you count all the if you count all the side series, yeah, there's there's about a hundred issues there. Yeah, and even uh, Kevin Eastman himself said it. You know, they they've already got so many issues written. Who knows what they've already done? Yeah, I wonder if Tom Waltz has already killed off Splinter. Heck, it might have already happened in. In this he's issue. killed him off. He's killed him off and resurrected him already. We just don't have to that. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> because comics, you yeah, know. Because uh, comics, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the reality of it is, is they're writing next year's comics already. Yeah. yeah. You know, and these comics were written last year, and we're just getting them this year. That's that's the nature of the game. You know, it's yeah. just like if if Splinter dies next issue, and fans are just like, boo. <laughs> They're not going to fix that for a year, you know. That that's the reality of com- of the comic book industry. It's just like, oh, sorry, Captain America's a Hydra agent, you know. Sorry, just deal with it. <laughs> Next year it'll be fixed, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, gosh, going back to the uh, Alapex, so she is walking in there. Uh, she confronts Jenica, I think. Yeah, uh, Kitsune. And Janica, or Kitsune and a couple of ninjas go to Shredder's tomb, and they t- and Alapex takes out Janica. And yeah, yeah. Just because she wasn't expecting it, and I mean, at the time, uh, Janica kills two foot soldiers, you know, and just relatively easily because the thing with Janica was she was one of Shredder's personal assassins, you know, like everybody on the Foot Clan is an assassin, but this was one of like Shredder's crew. Like his elite guard, kind of a thing. So she is not somebody to fool around. So 
when Alapex just takes her out virtually in one hit. Yeah, just one kick. Yeah, and because she's surprised, you know, she was taken off guard because she knows Alapex. Whether they're friendly or not, we don't know, but she knows her. So Janica's not going to be surprised when Alapex shows up. So, and then Kitsune and Alapex and like 15 other Foot Clan members confront Splinter and just have a battle royale right in the middle of this tomb here with. Splinter pretty much taken out the entire Foot Clan single-handedly. And then he gets cheap-shotted, like, right in the back of the head and gets knocked onto the ground, which is pretty realistic because you get hit in the base of your skull, like, right where it meets your spine, you're you're done. I don't care who you are, you're done. You know, yeah. you're, you're getting put down. And he's about to be beheaded by another Foot member, and Janica shows up and stops it. Great scene. Starts just... Killing foot soldiers left and right. I mean, she's she's going Frank Miller on everybody. You know, she is total Dark Knight Returns, not caring about anything because she's going to protect. She even says she's going to protect her master. You know, oh yeah. And then Kitsune flips the switch on Alapex, and she says to Alapex, she says, "Consider yourself unleashed." Alapex just goes Cujo on Janica, and it's just, <laughs> just it is a free for all. Like these two are not pulling their punches; they are just like Alapex isn't even speaking. She's growling and screaming the whole time. Who's making pretty short work of Janica too? I mean, just just there's several scratch marks. Uh... Yeah, Janica's just overpowered. Yeah, I mean, because who knows how strong Alapex really is? Because like you don't know you know the term you don't know your own strength well nobody actually does yeah you know and janica uh alapex has everything unlocked in her but she's feral now and plus i i gotta i gotta wonder if janica even really wants to hurt alapex because maybe i mean like i said maybe they're not friends but they're brothers in arms kind of a thing or at least well she just laid to waste to a bunch of foot members, but she knows that Alapex means something to Splinter. So maybe that's what, out of respect for Splinter, she's just not going to destroy Alapex right now, you know? Right. And then while Splinter is trying to get his bearings, I mean, he is just wrecked. And Alapex, um, I cannot think of anyone's name. <laughs> Kitsune grabs... Uh, Splinter by his collar and raises up a knife and then the turtles show up and are just like, whoa, something's different. She's like, uh, she says, you know, too late. Uh, Splinter says, my son saved Janica and Kitsune says, too late for that, I'm afraid. I already told you, Rodent. In the end, there are only victors and vanquished and she stabs Shred or Splinter right in front of the turtles. Okay, yeah. I mean, and it does look like she stabbed them. I mean, it does look like you see blood fly up, and it says, you know, of course, schlip. You know, so which I don't want to know how they know what a stab actually sounds like. <laughs> right? yeah, you know, and you know, you hear the turtles screaming, "No!" So yeah, they're they're witnessing this. Okay, I don't doubt that she stabbed them. Uh huh. But did she kill him? What do you think? I think one of these are my three things. I think one of three things happened. I, yes, I think she kills him. Really, you hold to that I, I more think, than yeah. Anything? I think she stabs him in the throat, stabs him in the eye, stabs him in the heart. You know, just one of those three places. Yeah, I think he's going to be dead next issue. 
Wow, really? Yeah, one Off of panel. three things is going to happen. Off panel, yeah, but imagine that first page when you open up the cover of issue 52 or um, 60. Yeah. Issue 60, remember, every 10th issue is a milestone. Shredder died at issue 50. But with this one, I think one of three things is going to happen. One, Splinter is dead and he was stabbed in the throat or whatever. Or um, the second possibility is she, because she's looking at the turtles when she stabs them, uh, what she didn't realize is um, either Alapex or Janica dove in front of her and they got stabbed and one of them dies. Yeah. And Or the third possibility, and I, I don't know if this is going to play well, but she's not looking at the turtles. She brings the knife. She brings the knife down, and she accidentally stabs herself in the hand. I don't know if you uh, really want to end a comic that way, but but just one of those three things is going to happen. And I honestly do believe that Splinter is going to be dead next issue. You know, oh, I hope I'm wrong, but there's kind of a part of me that hopes I'm right. You know, just not because I'm right, but because that just opens up, just like we talked about at the Deviations episode. That just opens up so many possibilities, you know, like the turtles are now alone. You know, yeah, they've got April, they've got the Mutanimals, they've got Angel and Casey, but their father is gone again. And they will be alone. Yeah. What do they do? It's just like the end of the Deviations up, uh, issue. What will you do with your freedom, with such a responsibility of freedom? What will you do? I want to know what they'll do, you know? I do too, but I... I just can't imagine for a long period of time no splinter. Yeah, I know. you know I I, I can't I can't like uh, and that was, that was the same thing with volume four and uh, and he was gone. Yeah, you're right. You know you you bring in a you bring up a pretty interesting point because in issue fifty, a major issue issue sixty we see splinter die. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it would happen this soon if it were to happen. Yeah, I know. I was I was thinking. I I know it's only two issues after this, but I was thinking at least a year before a major character death. And I was thinking, I was thinking like issue one hundred. You know, no no joke. I was thinking like it'd be or at least a seventy five or something like that. You know what? Issue one hundred is when they bring them back. That's that's uh, what I. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Issue one hundred, maybe not Splinter, but they bring Hamato Yoshi back. He comes back as Hamato Yoshi. Just imagine what that would be. I mean, because like, yeah, you're Splinter, you're our dad, but you just don't look the same. <laughs> so I just there's just this weird disconnect. There's just this, and not not I'm not trying to make a joke or anything, but there's just this weird disconnect that wasn't there before. Just something's different. I mean, we're used to Hamada Yoshi being a rat. I mean, yeah. you know, let's face it, we are. We all of us are, yeah. And I really hope I'm right about my Shredder theory, God, because I just want to see a team of Ninja Turtles led by the Shredder. Because, man, talk about swinging <laughs> for the fences. I mean, that is an actual love it or hate it scenario. It's like they're gonna, no matter what they do, they're gonna lose a lot of readers for a little bit. You know, yeah. if they if they do that, you know, I don't know. You know, you know, in the whole um, you know gather his body and gather his head thing. You know, what that kind of reminds me of what's that? Have you ever played uh, Castlevania Two for the NES? No, you know the only Castlevania game I've played is Symphony of the Night. I just couldn't get into the NES games. I, I didn't like the way they controlled. Oh, I, really? Oh, God. yeah. But those are Konami I, I just, games. I know. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I know. I just couldn't, couldn't do it. 
you know, and, and Castlevania Two has always kind of been criticized as being like the black sheep of the franchise, but uh, yeah, that's that's a love it or hate it game from the series, from what I understand. Oh yeah, me personally, yeah, the gameplay's a little cryptic, but uh, it, it was a great game. But um, the whole mm-hmm. the whole plot of the game was that you had to recover Dracula's body piece by piece, and oh, you know, okay. the, the whole plot was that uh, you know your main character was dying of a curse and and blah 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 blah. But uh, there was another character, I think it was. Death himself, I, I could be wrong. It's been a while since I played it. But they're trying to gather all these, these body parts to resurrect him. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that that's just like Shredder here. You know, they're, they're trying to gather these body parts to resurrect him somehow. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely I – th- I think this is definitely more interesting than, than the last story arc, which was still a good story arc. But this one had a far more epic – impact on the turtles you know it's, it, this one had more heart than yeah, the yeah. leatherhead story not because not to the leatherhead story's detriment just because all new characters because yeah. like they introduced two new villains basically leatherhead and Chirel. because you know Chirel is gonna be a big deal coming up i yeah. mean like he was the utram that was shredder at oh my god what if that's what they're doing Oh, I just thought of that. What? What's this now? Kitsune knows about Chirel, and she's going to put Chirel into Shredder somehow. You know? Oh, my gosh. Really? I can J- Yeah, because that would be a great um, throwback to the 2003 series where Chirel was Shredder. And it would be a great throwback to the 87 cartoon where, like, you just got to get Krang a body, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that just broke my brain for a minute there. Okay, she doesn't know him though, so just whatever. But oh well. <laughs> well, you know she's immortal. She she might know more than we we she, know. She might, yeah. But I I kind of think she's gonna resurrect Shredder, and I just I kind of hope that uh, when Shredder is resurrected, he's not just evil. He's like, wait a minute, you want me to do what? No, yeah, yeah. not doing any of that. Now that I say all this, I kind of want to see that happen. I kind of want to see. The repercussions of Splinter dying and Shredder being resurrected. Um, and we've and never just, seen a level-headed, nice Shredder yet. Yeah, you know, and I would, the, I would love to see that, man. I would, God, I would love that so much. I will buy every issue twice. Deviations you know? too. Deviations too. Yeah, this. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I think Deviations went off the rails and crazy because they were just testing the waters, kind of like. Yeah, I know it's a one-off what-if story that IDW is doing, but, you know, maybe in a year this is going to look like the Turtles. Uh, yeah, and you said that. You know, that's a really good point. Yeah, maybe maybe in a year it'll be the Turtles with black armor on and Foot Clan, the Foot Clan symbol on their chest following Splinter, but they're still good guys. They're not the bad guys at all. Interesting stuff, man. You know, And kudos to... IDW, if they even do anything remotely close to this, you know, because they're doing something radically different, something we've never seen before. Yeah. And, you know, as crazy and as almost uncomfortable as that feels, uh-huh. kudos for them for, for shaking things up and making us appreciate, you know, the, these good times with Splinter and oh, these yeah. good times at, uh, with Shredder as a villain in contrast to being possibly even maybe a good guy. We've never seen that before. And that in turn, makes it very, very interesting and unique. Yeah, and there's, and we're just two guys throwing out possibilities, you know? 
I, I kind of think that whatever IDW comes up with, even if I'm 180 off on everything, which I, I kind of hope I am because I would kind of like to see what they're going to do, I'm, I'm pretty sure whatever they come up with is going to be better than whatever I throw out there in five <laughs> minutes. You know? um, I don't know because it just I'm, it, this is just a really exciting issue of just like, oh, my God, I want to see the next issue. want to see it right now. I'll be your best friend. Let me see the issue, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, well. Speaking of this issue, Hoser, what do you think? Out of a one to ten rating, what would you give this particular issue? I'd give this a seven. This is this is a good, solid issue with an amazing ending. You know, this is this is a seven for me because I don't believe in half scores. This is a seven. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with sevens at all. I mean, if you're not if you're not buying books that are sevens out of tens. I don't want to read the books you think are good, you know, <laughs> because you, because nothing's good enough for you, you know. Yeah. But what do you give it? I'm gonna give this book. I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, I'm gonna give it a solid eight because I really really liked Splinter's character in this book, and I yeah. I really liked. I was always fascinated by Splinter's character. I think the artwork's great. Um, and by the way, a different artist in this issue. It's uh. Dave Watcher, I, th- I think his name was. I don't know. I-, I thought he did a great job with this particular. Oh issue. yeah, this series is. I mean, this series has never had bad art. You know, I agree. Though, I agree. Even though when when the first volume or the first couple of issues, even though I wasn't a big fan of the art, I mean, it's better than anything I can do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> See, I like Dan Duncan a lot, and it, it actually, I actually prefer Dan Duncan over um, Mattias Sanluco. For a while, oh, okay. and then I and then I got used to Mattias Sanluco's art style. See, and, I love Mattias' stuff just immediately. Once I saw it, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to read this book now." Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really that was because it. I mean, Dan Duncan, you said was his name. Uh yeah, he was the first artist. Yeah, yeah, it just it just looked too much like Jim Lawson stuff. Oh, and sure, not sure. that that's a bad thing, but yeah. just like you know, I just I'll go read Jim Lawson stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, this one, uh, Dave Watcher, he did um, a lot of the Godzilla IDW uh, franchises, and he also did uh, a miniseries called Night of a Thousand Wolves, which I read the story of it. I think it's only three or four issues long, uh-huh. but I, I bought it on uh, Comixology because it, it looks so awesome. So I really, really like his art style in this issue. Yeah. I, I heard that the Godzilla book was really good. Oh, so. sweet, sweet. I haven't read it, but I heard I heard it was really good. So He'll take more of my money. Story of my life. Yeah, no kidding, yeah. <laughs> but um, as far as the story goes, oh, man, I really, really like Splinter in this issue. And, it, and this could quite possibly be the last issue where we see him alive. And, you know, he's very, very humble. He's thinking about others. Even to his last dying breaths, he's thinking of saving Jenica. And he's also, at the beginning of this issue teaching Jenica about, you know, hey, you pay respect for people. Even though they, they might have done terrible things, there's also some good to them, no matter what. This this issue was one of the best I've read in, in a, quite some time, so for that reason... Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, aside from maybe issue 50, and issue what was it, 47? Um, yeah. This, this issue kind of brought me back to, oh my gosh, I am totally into this series, you know, and yeah. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. I gave this an 8 because I have a gut feeling that the next issue is going to be even better. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, it's uh, issue 60, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a killer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, right. So, <laughs> uh, so you're convinced, 
Splinter's gonna die. Yeah, I think I think you know what? I think he kinda has to because Really Because you want the character not that and to quote Kevin Eastman, you don't want to see your baby die. You know, you don't yeah. want to see your baby get hurt. But it's just and this is a character that everybody, everyone loves. You love you love the turtles. You love Splinter. You know, um, even though in this series there was a lot of times when I just did not agree with what Splinter was doing. It's like, why are you working with old Hob? Why are you going behind your son's backs? Why are you not including them in certain things? And why are you not letting Leonardo lead when he's like, you know, because there was a point in the. I think it was just after City Fall, Leonardo says, you know, we've got the Purple Dragons, we've got the Foot Clan, we've got Krang, we've got all these other people gunning for us. And, and yeah, it was just before Attack on Technodrome where he's like, we should, whatever about Shredder, we'll deal with him later. We have to stop Krang or the world will die. And Splinter was like, Krang can wait. We've got to take out Shredder. He's like... And Leonardo's sitting there saying, you've got to let go of some grudges sometimes because there's a bigger problem that is much larger than whatever you and Shredder have going on in between you two. Yeah. And Splinter's basically telling him, don't argue with me. That's true. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. And Leonardo just, yes, sensei, and walks away. And it's just like, man, Splinter, you you made the wrong call, you know? It's... And you should have listened to your son. And that mirrors real life because every now and then you get one up on your dad. You yeah. know, every, yeah, right. every now and then you have an idea that's not so crazy, you know. But even with those moments where it was like Shre- or Splinter just made the bad call, Splinter does always own up to it. He does always admit his mistakes and he does what he can to make up for them. Yeah, so it'll it'll be sad to to see him go, if that's what happens. I I believe it'll, I think it'll happen. So, I, I'm not looking forward to it, but yeah, I think it'll happen. Yeah. You know, you know. Before talking to you, I I was like, oh, he they're not gonna kill him this soon. But you make you make a lot of good points, and I'm thinking, will they really go through all this stuff just to tease Splinter dying? I, I remember saying to you a while ago. You know, I, I know it's going to happen. I just don't know when. And I'm thinking, yeah. when would be a better opportunity? These are the ultimate circumstances, I think. The only other person I could think of that's worthy of killing uh, Splinter would be Rokusaki. Yeah. It's either Kitsune or Rokusaki. Yeah, outside of Kitsune, two people can kill uh, Splinter. It's either Shredder or Leonardo. Those are the only two ah, that can kill Ah, true, true. Or, or possibly Krang. But, uh... Nah. Really? Really? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, see, I think Krang is more powerful than Shredder. Oh, he is. He definitely is. He's a powerhouse, but, like, it's just... he. It's never been about Krang against Splinter. It's always... That's never been a personal thing. Yeah, it's always been Shredder and Splinter. Or it's always been Leonardo trying to lead... But his father says, no, this is what you're doing. It's like, well, how do you expect me to lead a team if you're just going to tell me what to do? And they have a duel and Leonardo beats them. You know, it's, it would have to be something like that. It's it's one of those two. Even Karai, as much as I like Karai, she's not going to take out Splinter. You know, it's it's got to be Orokusaki or it's got to be Leonardo somehow. 
You know, it's those are those. That's how you kill. Uh, that's how you kill uh, Splinter. It's not like Old Hobbs' forty-first attempt is the one is the one that counts. And you know, it's it's not going to be that. Well, man, to close out this monumental episode or monumental issue, what kind of pizza are we going to have today? Man, I'll tell you what. Last week we had Papa John's, and it was it was really good. And they have a pizza that's Ghostbusters themed. <gasps> and all it is, this is this is what Nicole told me. Marshmallows. Oh, because, no, it's no marshmallows, man. Oh. It's uh <laughs> it's pepperoni on top of pepperoni. Really? It's small that's all? pepperoni. It's small pepperoni on top of uh, underneath large pepperoni. Well, and what makes it Ghostbusters? I don't know. That's just what it is, though. <laughs> this, is, this is our Ghostbusters pizza. It's pepperoni on top of pepperoni. It's like, man, you guys need some new creative teams, don't you? <laughs> but I ate it, and it was... I never thought double pepperoni would be a good pizza. But it was It was, It was. was surprisingly good. So I want, I want to have some... I want to reheat that, man. Some reheated double pepperoni and cheese, please. Wow. Okay. All right, well... All right, dudes, to do that. Well, here's to hoping you enjoy your reheated double pepperoni and cheese pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, everyone. Just kind of chillax a little bit and watch a couple movies, and I think we were in bed by about 9 o'clock. <laughs> the party animals that we are. Hey, you know, that's... I was dying by, like, 7 o'clock at night, and we, we had to do fireworks. I was like, whose idea was this? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we gotta do it for the kids. Yeah, for the kids. <laughs> My wife was super into it. She's like, I wanna do fireworks. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> and then who lit all of them? I had. Yeah, you, you sure. <laughs> Although it was funny, I was setting a horrible example for the kids because I was like lighting a cigarette off of one just in the dude. It's just you and a baby. Like, a baby's just cool eating crackers in front of the TV all day. I'm gonna yep. do it too. <laughs> I don't care. Big Twinkie, yeah. <laughs> what about the Twinkie? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, sweet. I hope this is not Josh's blood. <laughs> You're about to be a Josh sandwich. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, I'm done, I'm done. Oh, uh, Resident Evil Podcast. Here we go. Here we go, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be another, in my in my instance, it's not going to be another great Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, I get it. It's gonna be yeah, you're gonna have little April there now. <laughs> you're not gonna know I mean like it's kinda like you know how to change a diaper, but you don't know what's gonna be in that diaper. Until you blow up and up. <laughs> right, exactly. What a beautiful analogy. Compare, I don't mean to compare my or your kids to poop, but <laughs> <laughs> But it works. Yeah.